Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. We're here to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe with you people. Uh, yeah, bunch of animals. What do you mean, you people? Um, we have tonight... Sorry we're a little late this week. I had some family medical emergency problems, and uh, my mom was in the hospital, uh, and it was a sad week. I'm sad. Uh, it, it was it was a tough one. So, but we're getting to you a little late. But we're here. We're here. Um, and we're going to be covering Shield. Uh, is it episode eight? Is that correct? This one? No, this is episode ten, sir. Right, right. That's what I meant. Ten. <laughs> Sorry, been sitting in a hospital all week. I'm a little a little behind on things. Um, uh, the uh, episode 10 of season 3 of mid- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mid-season be- finale. My Beth. That's right, the mid-season finale. I was very excited about this mid-season finale, and I don't think it disappointed. It was good. It did not disappoint. So we'll be talking about that in a little while, but first, to the news with Jeff Randall. <laughs> first up on the news, Iron Fist has a showrunner. Sorry, I don't want to talk like that the whole time, but Iron Fist has a showrunner. The series finally gets its showrunner. So I guess that proves that they weren't... The the rumors from a couple weeks ago were not true, yeah. that they were not having an Iron Fist show. Yeah, the, the rumor being that the Punisher was going to take the place of Iron Fist, they were going to run a Punisher series, and they weren't going to do an Iron Fist one, and like he, Punisher was going to be in the Defenders, and that's all just debunked now. So... With us getting a showrunner, we should be really close to starting to get casting information for Iron Fist. And based on the showrunner, I think I know who the who they're going to cast as Iron Fist. <laughs> Scott but. Buck is the showrunner, and he he has some uh, some pretty solid uh, executive producer credits under his belt. Sixty episodes of Dexter. Dexter. And um, twenty one episodes where he was co executive producer. Cool. So he did a lot of that, and then there was, and then he also did Six Feet Under, right? Yeah, he was um, supervising producer on nineteen episodes of Six Feet Under, and EP or co EP rather on sixteen episodes of Six Feet Under. So obviously so, he's got some Michael C. Hall love. Yeah, I think Michael C. Hall is going to be Iron Fist, just purely based on this. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'd be a good Iron Fist. He doesn't look the part. I don't know uh, what I don't. I, I don't know what Iron Fist looks like under his cowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He's blonde and he's a billionaire playboy philanthropist. Okay, kind of. I could I could see a dude man pulling that off. <laughs> I just don't think he'd be a good blonde. Mm, I anyway. don't know. Maybe. Um, with this announcement, Marvel put out a. Um, Kind of a a show, what's the word? Summary? Not a summary. Description? Description. Yeah. Um, And that is, quote, Returning to New York City after being missing for years, Daniel Rand fights against the criminal element corrupting New York City with his incredible kung fu mastery and ability to summon the awesome power of the fiery Iron Fist. Hmm. Nice. It's very Batman. Yeah, yeah, except for with 
kung I mean, fu. A little more kung fu, but I mean, Batman has kung fu. Except for the chi. Yeah. And summoning the power of the whatever. Batman doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I dig it. I'm excited. I'm all about I, it. I'm excited that we know it's happening now and it's not just a uh, thing they talked about once. Yeah. <laughs> and people were, people were trying to tell us that they're not going to do it, but they're going to do it. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to do it. it. Pretty excited. Yeah. And I mean, you can't have... Honestly, you can... In my opinion, you can't have Luke Cage without Iron Fist. They're just... They're too good of friends. They, like, their story is so wrapped up in each other. I mean, they do their own thing every now and again. Like, they've got their own comics. Sure. But sure. They're, they're uh, the most fun when they're together. Well, the thing, the thing I would say that people weren't saying they were going to scrap Iron Fist altogether. They were saying that they might convert it into a movie. Um, and have a movie oh, yeah, of Iron yeah. Fist. So, so, so it was a possibility, but I'm, I'm excited to see another... I just want another 13-episode Netflix series. <laughs> right. um, those are a lot of fun. So far they have been. Six, six more of them. <laughs> We're two for two so far. Two for two. And, yeah, man, this year, we got a full season of S.H.I.E.L.D., two full Netflix seasons, uh, and two movies. Like, our Marvel... And Agent Carter. Um, and Agent Carter, that's true. Oh man, our, 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 so much, so much Marvel love this this year, and it's only um, going to get worse, better, better, worse, whatever depends <laughs> on your uh, your uh, pessimistic optimism <laughs> it's, quotient. It's only going to get more busy for us. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm up for it. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm I'm up for it. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> So uh, let's continuing our uh, our talk on the Netflix series. Um, one of the things that might kind of put a wrench in some of the stuff is that Brooklyn, as a whole, is uh, not terribly happy about the uh, the Marvel Netflix series shooting in their neighborhood, mostly because it just kind of shuts everything down. That's funny. I, when you told me this, uh, this as it was a story we we're going to be covering, I thought uh, for sure it was because they were depicting their town poorly. No, and they're like, no, 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 no. Our, we we have a scary, scary place. We're a scary, scary place to live. But stop blocking our traffic. Right. Is really. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the productions are turning quote neighborhoods, industrial streets into a soundstage, obstructing everything from parking to sidewalks. Locals that spoke with the paper want the productions to halt. That was posted in the uh, the Brooklyn paper. Yeah, I, I can imagine that would be uh, pretty annoying, especially in a, in a place like Brooklyn where you've got, I don't know, everyone's living on top of each other. If you've got something shutting down multiple blocks or something, it, yeah. I'm, that sounds like it could get pretty rough. Yeah, I kind of want to say that I don't care, though. <laughs> well, of course you don't. You don't live there. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it would be cool to just kind of be like, hey, I'm, you know, let's, we're working our way down. Oh, look, oh, there's a, oh, all right. I'm going to watch what they're shooting here. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't uh, mind there being like Daredevil shooting in my backyard. I'm fine with it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess people who don't uh, like that sort of thing. Would not care and just be annoyed. It would oh, just you know, be and it's also it's been like it's a it's a constant thing and it's happening all the time. Yeah. Like that's one of the things that we haven't really talked about is the effect that 
shooting the Netflix series in New York, like all in Brooklyn, are going to have on Brooklyn because like you have to shut down everything when you shoot. But if everything is being shot there for 13 hours yeah. of content, that's a lot of time. I mean, I'm sure there's other shows that shoot in New York. I mean, Gotham, for instance, is one. Uh, but when you're when you're talking about uh, adding four television shows to that, like four fully like produced shows to that every year, that could get uh, could get crazy. Yeah. So I mean, I I see what where they're coming from. I just sure. I want them to be more open to it. Like it's gonna be okay, guys. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be okay. I will, Marvel will figure it out. <laughs> if they, so, if they, you know, they, they they probably need to be make sure they're good to the people. But uh, yeah. if they have to, you know. Do more indoors or whatever for like whatever they'll figure it out. They, they they'll figure it. out how to tell the story they want to tell. I believe in them. So, Daredevil season two is shooting, and um, the creator of one of the characters, the character Electra, created by Frank Miller. Frank Miller spoke at Comic Con Experience in Brazil, Sao Paulo, Brazil, this past week. And um, in his panel, he basically said that he doesn't like what uh, what Marvel's doing with Elektra. <laughs> like, he, he hasn't watched Daredevil at all, despite how much he cares about yeah. the character. But when, they, when somebody asked him, like, what he thought about Elektra being added, he said, they can do whatever they want, that is not her. Yeah. But admitting he's not even seen the Netflix shows, period, much less the the season that's not out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. It sounds like, and you said, you told me he, he created Electra and he also killed off Electra in the comics, yeah. correct? Yeah. Uh, and then someone else brought them back later. 12 or brought years. her back later. 12 years later. 12 years later, yeah. yeah. So it seems like he's just like, no, these are my toys to play with. I'm going to take them and go home. Yeah. But I. <laughs> Have no right to do that because you own them, <laughs> right? He just say, it sounds a little, you know, butt hurt about the whole thing. Yeah, Come on, Frank kind Miller. of what it seems like. I, I do feel bad about these for these comic book creators because uh, oftentimes they do a story uh, that even if even though it's well known they don't own the rights to the characters, but they don't even own the rights to the story. Uh, for instance, this Batman v Superman movie is borrowing heavily from another Frank Miller property. Uh, Dark Knight Returns. I yeah, believe. Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Dark Knight Returns is the one uh, with that. This one seems to be borrowing almost directly from in a lot of in a lot of ways, and he will not make any money for them using so many story elements that he created. Right. <laughs> Which uh, I can see why he could be getting generally butthurt about like his stuff being adapted. <laughs> like I created all of these stories. Why are you using Electra? I killed her for a reason. <laughs> I killed her so only I could have her. Uh, mm, so, no good. Yeah. Well, like she was, she was killed to give like uh, a reason, or well, not a reason, but like a re or a drive to the story in Daredevil, and he expected her to stay dead because at that point, people who died in comics stayed dead yeah but then like death and return of superman happened and then it was just fair game after that so sure she came back in 94 i think it was sure yeah anyway. and, and, 
But we don't know what they're going to do. I, I mean, if, if that's the storyline that she dies in the comics, and maybe that's the storyline they're going to do here, and it may be very faithful to his original story. Maybe. He just doesn't know. He doesn't. And that's the crazy thing. Like, he's just making these, like, immediate suppositions about it. Yeah, that's, that's a little crazy. I mean, if, if it was the first season... And all we had to base anything Marvel Daredevil on was the previous movie. I'd be a little bit apprehensive too. Yeah, and that like, might be all he's basing it on. <laughs> like, as he, I just feel like so much of this movie was based on a, or this, this season one was based on a Frank Miller comic book. <laughs> um, even the even the costume for the first twelve episodes is based yeah. on a Frank Miller comic book. And I'm just like, are you watching the stuff? <laughs> Are you just and, being butthurt to be butthurt, or do you actually have a problem with the way they're telling the story? Because it seems like they're showing you lots of love thematically. Yeah, and I mean, he said he hasn't watched it, so obviously it's just butthurt to be butthurt. Yeah. Anyway. It seems like when as soon as that picture came out two years ago of, of uh, Daredevil running across rooftops, they'd be like, someone would show Frank. <laughs> like, hey man, they're kind of <laughs> doing your thing here. They're doing exactly you. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So let's move on with the news. Um, let's do it. There is a rumor, a pretty solid rumor, that Ryan Coogler, who was the director of Creed, is in talks to direct Black Panther. I am 100% on board for this. I saw Creed this weekend, uh, two I nights ago. still have not uh, seen Creed. It's amazing. Is it amazing? I loved Creed. I loved it. Um, I loved it. And one of the action sequences was mind-blowing. Okay. Completely mind-blowing. And, like, I was watching it, and I was like, it reminded me of Joss Whedon's Avengers. Um, like, it was, it was that good of an action sequence. <laughs> um, I mean, I just didn't say what it was. I, it's not a spoiler, because I'm not telling what happens. I'm just telling the way it was shot. Yeah. The first... One of the the first major boxing match that Creed gets in in the movie is shot as a oneer. The entirety okay. of the boxing match is one shot. How long does the does the boxing match last? I mean, you know, a boxing match length like ten minutes or something. Oh wow! I, it's probably not that long on screen. It's probably like four or five minutes. But they and, and and they probably hid cuts and there's probably some green screen stuff happening. Whatever. But it looks pretty flawless. And the camera is like zooming in and out of these two boxers, like showing up close, far away, zooming back and forth, spinning around them. There has to be all kinds of steady cam stuff happening. Um, it'll come like out of the ring, then back into out of the ring to see Rocky like yelling for Creed, and then back into the ring and like circles around the character. And all the while, the fighting in it looks really good. Like, they look like they're actually boxing. And they may have actually been... I know in the original uh, Rocky series, they, they really... They they really boxed. <laughs> they were actually punching each other, which is one of the reasons it looked real. Um, and so... Uh, it's just really, really amazing scene. Like it's hmm. one of the one of the best shot, the best shot uh, boxing sequence I've ever seen for sure. And uh, just a really killer action sequence. I was watching it and it reminded me of um, the scene in uh, Avengers when that one long shot happens and you see all six Avengers or whatever yeah, going yeah. at it in their own ways. Yep. It was like it was like that, but for a boxing. It was really, really great. That's intense. Highly recommend it. Okay. I Especially will, if you're a Rocky fan. 
I can't say that I've ever seen any of the Rocky movies. Really? I'm sorry. Watch two, one and maybe two. <laughs> and then watch six and then watch Creed. <laughs> there are six? Yes. There's Jesus. Rocky one, two, three, four, five, and then there's Rocky Balboa, which just came out like five years ago. It's like, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's another old man Rocky tale. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this new one, Creed. You can absolutely skip three, four, and five if you want to. Okay. And it won't, it won't matter to the overall storyline. <laughs> uh, I'm glad yeah, I'm allowed to do no, that. I take that back. I take that back. Oh, my God. You got to watch four. You got to, uh, no, you got to watch three, too. You can skip five. You, I can comfortably say skipping five is a, totally an option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you know, well, you got to have that one. No. Nope. Skipping five is completely reasonable. Sky uh, five is definitely the worst, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's they thought it was going to be kind of the end of the Rocky series, and it's like the worst ending for a Rocky I don't know. It's awful. It's an awful <laughs> ending. The other four all have a... Or I guess the other five. They all have their merit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we, we've, been, we've been covering them on Pursuit of the Trivial, so I'm like uh, real up on my Rocky right now. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to a little bit of Ant-Man 2 news. What? Ant-Man 2? What? Ant-Man and the Wasp? So uh, Peyton Reed was recently interviewed. He said... That or well, he hinted at rather that Giant Man is likely to show up in the second one. He said specifically, he said it's such a crucial part of his character. Talking about Hank Pym in the comics, I think to ignore that would be crazy. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it, he did say it's a, a, a integral part of Hank Pym's character. Yeah, he's talking about I, specifically about Hank Pym. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, and he touched on how, you know, uh, he said, why don't you just put on the suit? He's like, I can't. You know, I've worn the suit for so long, it affected me, and blah, blah, blah. But that's not to say that he could He couldn't go the other way. It. It. Yeah, he couldn't go the other way. Yeah, maybe being shrunk down has some sort of repercussions that being giant doesn't. Or, or maybe the amount of times that going giant size, like, Maybe he could equal it out and put him back to zero. Kind of like yeah, compensate for kind of like all how David Tennant was talking about <laughs> how many to put me back to zero. Oh right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so there's that. Uh, also, the uh, the screenwriting team from the first Ant Man movie are uh, they're going to come back, or well, they're in talks to come back for Ant Man and the Wasp. And, nice. Um, that is, I mean, that's Adam McKay, that's Paul Rudd, that's uh, two uncredited people, like, who touched it up after Edgar Wright left. Like, there there was a dedicated team, or a good, solid team going on, and they're coming back. Cool. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's I'm, great. Anyway, so, we, I, I mentioned earlier that there was a convention in Brazil, the, um, the Comic-Con experience convention ccxp is what it's called um anthony russo anthony russo of the brothers russo yes sir <laughs> co-director of captain america the winter soldier captain america civil war uh avengers infinity wars he spoke at a panel and um we got a lot of the reports from that yeah 
the first one that uh, that that I wanted to talk about was that he's specifically saying that Tom Holland is an amazing Spider-Man, and people <laughs> will love it. No pun intended. That it's. He said it was a very experimental process placing the character with other actors, especially with Downey Jr. Um, we were learning as we did and are very happy with the result, but we're still working on some things like the uniform. He's not ready, um, saying he's not ready to be revealed. He's not ready because so much will be produced, uh, will need to be produced with special effects. And then somebody asked if the movie would feature Spider-Man's red and gold suit from the Civil War comic series. And he said, the film will show a mix of what everyone is waiting for with a little twist. So yeah, that's what I can tell. Cool. That all sounds interesting. He did not, definitely didn't deny, I've been hearing a lot of people kind of denying the idea of the uh, Civil War suit. That's the mech, the like, spider, iron spider suit, right? Yeah, the iron spider that Tony made for him. Yeah, that seems, I don't know, it seems like most people I've heard discuss that have just been like, that's that's silly, we would never do that, it's too it's too early or whatever. Uh, but yeah. he, he doesn't seem to be denying that, that the possibility, at least. I don't know, it, I could see it being something where, like, Tony, you know, has heard about this Spider-Man kid and, like, meets him, and then maybe shows him something that he's been working on, and it's like, it's in a case. And then they just move on. They're like, oh yeah, that's that thing that might come into play later. Let's yeah. move on though. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot, you know, a lot of people were like denying that Spider-Man would be in Civil War. Like it's just, it's not been announced, but like so many people have been on set and said, yeah, it, it's happening. Like it's there that everybody just knows it at this point. Yeah. So it's great to have him just be like, yeah, Tom or Tom Holland was great. He's a great Spider-Man. Like, of course he's been working with him. Yeah. So all of that good confirmation. Um, moving on to the next thing, though. Um, there was talk of uh, Avengers Infinity War possibly featuring... The, uh, the Netflix heroes, because it's going to be out, you know, they're coming out before Avengers Infinity War is coming out, so it obviously makes sense that they could just kind of channel into that. Um, sure. But according to Mr. Russo, he said that it would take a lot of work for that to happen. It's complicated, because it's right. considered a crossover. He said, um, when we start to serialize the telling of stories, it's difficult. You have to have a lot of control and focus on the course of history. Uh, the films are controlled by a group led by Kevin Feige, so they function as a unit. Other products, even if they are from Marvel, are controlled by others. And he, he expanded his answer a little bit, saying, Then there's a possibility of a crossover, but it's more complicated. It's a smaller-scale version of the problem that exists when remembering that Fox holds the rights to some of Marvel's most popular characters, as does Sony and others. As storytellers, we only have control over what happens in Marvel movies, but everything is possible. Spider-Man, whose rights were held by Sony, became possible. Yeah, um, I kind of hate these comments. I heard them yesterday. Yeah. Um... (laughs) kind of pisses me off it's like no right? the whole point is you're one universe and you're saying 
uh, oh, well, that's kind of like if so we tried to use uh, Fox or Sony Heroes. And I'm like, no, it's not. The whole point is <laughs> you can have crossovers. It's not and, uh, like that at all. If you want to say it's hard because we want the movies to stand alone and people don't have to watch the Netflix shows, I buy that. That totally makes sense. But to say that, that to act like they're different universes, which is pretty much exactly what he said, that kind of pisses me off. <laughs> like the whole point of this, the whole reason I'm interested is because you're one cohesive universe. <laughs> I <laughs> well, mean, there, good stories. There was and all, that whole like but, separation of Kevin Feige from the Marvel TV. And you know, Marvel film yeah. is a separate thing now, so that's that's probably part of what he's talking about, or that's probably a large portion of what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and then I, we were worried about it at that point, and now it seems like our worries are true. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, there were going to be more separation between Marvel TV and Marvel movies. Um, and I don't even mind if the movies never really reference the shows. It just they're always kind of a subservient thing to the movies because that's kind of how they're set up. It's fine, yeah. but to, to, for for a director of one of the you know main movies to say that it really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> to say there's act like there's actually separate universes, and just like no, no, you can't do that. I've worked for this for so long. <laughs> I know I haven't done anything. You've been doing all the work, but you've worked for this for so. Make it happen. Yeah, it's just it's. It's it's the first signs of um, it not being as incredible as we thought that it might possibly be. Uh, kinda, yeah, yeah. Kind of. I mean, I never. I don't mind. I, again, I, I really don't mind if they don't include Mar- uh, Netflix characters into the movies. Like, I understand why they wouldn't. Uh, it totally makes sense, but. It's just, but damn it! <laughs> but those 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 particular words he's using are not good words to use. Yeah. Um, later on, he talked about um, their plan for Civil War for Captain America Civil War, and I'm just going to read the quote because it's really it's really kind of funny. He said, "From the second we had the idea to do the story of Civil War, Spider Man was part of the story." said it was a very complicated business arrangement for Marvel Studios to be able to use Spider-Man from Sony. So we were always told by Marvel, don't count on it. You may not get to use Spider-Man, so you better have a plan B. And we were like, okay, we get it. We have a plan B. If we don't get Spider-Man, we'll figure the movie out. But the truth is, we never had a plan B. We only have envisioned the movie with Spider-Man. He was always a part of the story. It was very important to us to reintroduce the character. Huh. That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, mostly cool because it shows that their use of Spider-Man in this case is... Very important. Uh, <laughs> it's important to the story they want to tell. It's not just something that uh, they did for um, promotional sake. Yeah. It's not like, hey, Spider-Man we have this character. Movie. Let's throw it in. No, not a lot of people know. I mean, like, we all know. Everyone listening to this podcast knows that Spider-Man is going to be in Civil War. But... The I think I don't think the general public knows that yet. Civil War they just put out their first trailer and it looks amazing and like it looks impactful and it has two made it basically oh it's another it, people are thinking oh it's another Avengers movie that's fine but people don't know yet that Spider Man is going to be in this movie and as soon as they show him in a trailer I think it's gonna it's gonna really uh, it's gonna blow up take the marketing off you know oh yeah yeah it's, and, it's definitely gonna blow it up yeah. 
Very excited. Um, Especially a younger Spider-Man. I think this one may be the most popular uh, Marvel movie with kids in a while. Because I think Spider-Man's a character that resonates with kids more yeah, than well, the Avengers also, do. Like, he's, not only is he a, uh, a younger, like, in-spirit character, he's, like, legitimately in high school. Yeah, no, exactly. So, like, it's somebody that kids can look to as, like, an example of what a good kid can do and is, you know? Like, role model of kid, rather than, like, adult role model. I want to be that when I grow up. Like, I want to be Spider-Man now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I watched Spider-Man 2, I was at the movie theater, and I went and, like, climbed a wall afterwards. (laughs) Like, I I was, like, dangling from the, like, I don't know, pot planters and stuff outside of, uh, or the planters outside the theater and stuff, the big trees in them. Uh, I was just there last night, actually, because we went to see a movie, and uh, I was and like, you were dangling climb. off his I was stuff. like, hey, I remember when I saw Spider-Man here, I like climbed that thing. Oh, I thought you were saying that you went to see Spider-Man there because they had like a rescreening and you were climbing <laughs> on things. That would have been good. <laughs> now, when uh, when 300 came out, I did the same thing. I was jumping off of stuff, like, going to cut people's arms off. So funny when a movie can do that, to put you in that childish place. And uh, maybe I'm too old now, but, like, <laughs> when I was 18 to 20, like, that, that totally happened. I would leave a movie, and I'd just be like, yeah, so jazzed. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, the Rocky movie kind of did that to me. Creed kind of did that to me. I came home, and I was like, all right, let's uh, run 100 miles. <laughs> let's uh, box. Let's box. No, that didn't. That didn't. That didn't look appealing to me. But all the working out looked appealing to me. <laughs> the boxing looked like. Why would you do that with your face? Why would you hit those men's fists with your face like that? <laughs> That's generally not the point of boxing, sir. I don't know, man. That's all it looked like to me. It's not. It's not who can hit the other man's fists harder and survive. It's not it. Uh, I think you might be missing the point. <laughs> we'll we'll take a poll. What do you guys think? <laughs> anyway, uh, the last news story that I have is uh, is from Anthony Russo, and it's really just a story of how classy Anthony Russo is. Um, there, there's been that big like. Steven Spielberg said that uh, superhero movies are going to go the way of the Western, and then Zack Snyder says so, and then there's a response, and Zack Snyder's a dick, and, you know, all these things. Anthony Russo is the classiest person in this argument. He said, as filmmakers, my brother and I, we love the genre. The more good comic book movies there are, the better, as far as we're concerned. So we don't really look at it as competition. We think Zack Snyder is great, and we hope the movie is fun and great, and we enjoy it like everybody else. Yeah, I like it. That is how he should be. And it's really easy to be like that when you're number one. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really interested to see how those two movies stack up against each other. Because... Uh, and, I, and I guess I mean financially. I just... I think the marketing is going to be far better for uh, Civil War, and I think Civil War is going to be a far better movie. But, I mean, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. We've all been... We've all been... You know, that's just something you've wanted to see since you were a child. Or just see them two in the same movie. Like, it's never happened. And they're two of the old school... Uh, popular characters you know yeah they are i think the two oldest um comic book icons 
comic book icons as far as like yeah the biggest longest running the, the, the two biggest i mean yeah well superman was the first um batman wasn't far behind him and you know they had the staying power yeah and and you know the only the only one that i think can give them a run for their money in not not history but in popularity is probably spider-man um and so it's cool that we at least get him you know in uh, yeah yeah civil war yeah, Spider-Man's always kind of been the um, the golden child, yeah, so to well, speak. Uh, Sp- I feel like of Marvel, it's like Spider-Man and Wolverine are their two biggest. Sellers. And the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is the um, the first family of Marvel. Sure, they're the first, but I don't think they've at least since I've been of of age well, even to read comics. Like they've never they've never had the popularity of uh, Spider-Man or. Wolverine since the nineties at least or eighties maybe yeah and I think the the uh, Wolverine popularity in the nineties at least spawned from that uh, really awesome cartoon series yeah that was that was a great cartoon series <laughs> yeah so um, yeah what you got that's uh, all is, I got as far as news. that's all our news cool that cool. is all of it we have a few people that sent in some of that news and so I want to thank everybody who sent in news. Um, uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin sent in uh, the uh, stuff about uh, the, the the story about Creed uh, or about uh, Ryan, Ryan Coogler directing Coogler. Black Panther, uh, being in talks to direct Black Panther, and he said, "Pretty cool. I really liked Creed, and I'm with him. I really liked Creed as well." And Yoda Hugh, it looks like, came to us on uh, on Twitter saying that Scott Buck was announced as the showrunner for Iron Fist. And I replied to him, I was like, yes, oh my god, I'm so excited to talk about this, this week. And I have not lost that excitement. I still want to talk about it. Like, I'm going to yeah. put all I've... of the Iron Fist comics on my um, on my wish list. Nice. Like, I don't care if it's collected or not, I just want to read all of them again. <laughs> <laughs> um. the... The Living Weapon has always been just a really cool story to me. Anyway. Huh. I've never seen it. Uh, I've never read it. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Uh, Robert T. Frost wanted us to mention, uh, and, and absolutely, $6 million man, uh, actor Martin E. Brooks dies, which is not a Marvel Cinematic Universe thing, but is definitely early superhero TV. So that's that's a sad day. It uh, is. And he, his comment was, before there was a Project Tahiti. Hmm. That's pretty good. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We had a couple other things. Um, <laughs> Omer Almalia is continuing to make his shirts for every episode of the Cinematic Universe that he watches. And so if you guys have a chance to go check out that on our Facebook, he's posting every uh, every couple days, he posts another shirt design. And he posted one for this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as every episode of Jessica Jones. And so that's been really cool. Very, very cool shirt designs. I want, I want them, but he... Is not selling them. <laughs> he refuses to sell them. Take my money. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe he doesn't like USD. Nathaniel Muzzy also offered a uh, uh, his review of the Phase Two box set that we mentioned uh, many times. That we uh, and so if you uh, if you want to check out, he has it's really neat. He put posted pictures on the Facebook of every. Um, Every individual piece of everything. in Yeah, in the entire box set. So all the little knickknacks and gadgets and 
things that came with uh, all the memorabilia that came with Phase 2 box set. He has pictures of all of that. I thought that was really, really nice of him. Thank you. So thank you, Nathaniel. Um, uh, ben Robin over on uh, Twitter said, I really enjoyed the format of the episode this week. Great discussion about the MCU as a whole. Definitely brings Seth back often. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I really liked it, too. Uh, it was just a little was, more freeform conversation, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just probably a little bit too long for our kind of episode, though. Like, yeah, maybe we'll, our episodes maybe we'll, already run long. We don't need them to be two hours every week. <laughs> that kind of episode might be good for some of those off weeks. Uh, yeah. Bring somebody on, like have like a point-counterpoint uh, debate or something uh, on some weeks. That'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> I'll be the moderator. Can I be Anderson Cooper? <laughs> Nathaniel also mentioned uh, on Facebook, uh, if you're worried about the curse, Marvel fans also go by Marvel Zombies. Yeah, just that doesn't that doesn't really roll off the tongue quite as well. Yeah, I don't like it as much as True Believers, of course, but I definitely don't want to get you in trouble with some curse. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's too late at this point. <laughs> it's recorded it's just and out there. Late. It's just too late. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much everything we've got uh, in the uh, in, in the news and the general feedback. I think it's time to talk about it, this episode of Agents of Shield. How about you, man? Oh yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, let's do it. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in yeah. partnership with Forty Five Magazine. Do you want to do it? Yeah, you're doing it, man. Do it. You're doing no, it. Dude, I would do it way too intense, though. I want you to do it as intense as you want to do okay. it. Go for it. All right. We are. The Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, in partnership with 45 Magazine, and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you want to leave feedback for us, we can be found on mcucast.com, facebook.com slash mcucast, at mcucast on Twitter, mcucast at gmail.com, 573castmcu. For a voicemail. Or you could just leave a review on iTunes. I like how you threw that last line away. And you threw it away. It was good. <laughs> it's called good acting. <laughs> Is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Alright, so uh, I guess count me down. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do your part this week. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going into a super secret special spoiler shield section. With a lot of S's in it. In three, two, one. Lord has been inhabited by an ancient being that Hydra worships as their uh, true Hydra leader. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Ward got his chest crushed. Oh, that was, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> that was real nuts. Uh, all right, there's so much happened to wrap this episode up. Um, so Coulson, <laughs> Coulson crushed a man's chest. Coulson then, crushed a man's chest with his robot hand and then left the robot hand there like a, this is what did that, bitch. I didn't even get the whole leaving it there thing. That was a little weird. It was. I it guess was, he was like, I don't need this anymore. That's why I got the crusher model. <laughs> I've got other hands at home. This was my crushing hand. I'll put my laser finger hand back on. There's no one else I desire to crush this week. This week. 
oh god and it was just there was crunching and the whole time like i'm sitting here like just leave him just go just get out of there and just shoot just, him in the face is what i was yelling <laughs> and i was yelling that for the whole last half of the episode right uh, there have been a lot of times they could have killed Ward, but none was more egregious than once he saw Fitz and It walking toward the portal, he should have just shot Ward in the face and ran. Like, yeah. it, was, it was over. Time up. Time's up. Like, why got to hurry. Why well, did I could he... move faster if you didn't oh. tie me up. Or shoot, what was it? If you didn't shoot me twice. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Pow. And then he falls down, and then you just go. Uh... Yeah, I, that, that, that's almost unforgivable on Coulson's part. Like, and he crushed his chest. Was he just like didn't want to give him a a fast death? He wanted to make sure it was slow and painful, which <laughs> I under I understand, but that doesn't that's not a very uh, heroic action. Uh, also, like, just be pragmatic about it. Like, there's a ancient being headed toward the portal. Uh, shoot Ward in the face. Like that's. <laughs> Just do it. I just want that on a bumper sticker. Just says when there's an ancient uh, being heading toward the portal, shoot Ward in the face. Like it's just good words to live by. <laughs> That's almost as good as Jarvis is my co-pilot. Can I have that one on the other side of my bumper? Yeah. <sighs> not so. Not just not not a big fan of that decision. Uh, yeah. There's just uh, there's just so many points in the episode where I was like, shoot him, shoot him in the face. <laughs> there's no reason he is still alive. You have everything you need from him, and he yeah, is an and major douche. You know, <laughs> that's the big thing is that he's a major douche. One of the things that I that I was <laughs> like, wait a second, because like Colson shows up and like takes out Ward's team, right? Like takes out the two guys in Ward's team. Yeah. And then, like, brings Ward down and ties him up. And then Ward says, you'll never find Fitz without me. But there are footprints everywhere. Yeah. And he found you. And you have no idea where Fitz is more than... Like, you, yeah, you're as dark, you're as in the dark as he is on where Fitz is. But he won't find him without you? Yeah, didn't make a lot of sense. The only only thing you could, you could, uh... I account it to is maybe that they had already had a discussion about where that device was leading them to, where the software was leading them to. And so he kind of knew where, which direction they were heading. Yeah. But that's, that's a little, I don't know. I felt like he could have just, especially at this point, they think it's will, uh, helping, uh, you know, guiding fits. They could have just been like, shoot ward in the face and then start yelling Fitz's name. Like that's all you really needed to do. Yeah. Um, Get the flare gun, right? Huh. It worked. Although before. we don't, we don't know that Colson had a flare gun. Uh, well, Fitz there were like gun. there were three or four guys around that had packs. And that's true. That is very true. They could have at least had guns. Like they could have fired off the guns or something. Yeah. It's just of course, I guess that wouldn't make them run toward. People don't actually run toward gunfire. It's not true. They that's, do that in the <laughs> Avengers universe. That's true. <laughs> Um, so we talked a lot about the planet. Uh, what about the Earth-bound side of this whole equation? Man, um, Lash killed all of them. That was crazy. Simmons, what is your problem? She wanted to escape. Yeah, but I just <laughs> didn't buy that peril. Like, 
First off, they weren't trying to kill Simmons. They were trying to cap. They were trying to keep her held. So, yeah, like, if they, they found her, get her hostage again. If they found her, they would have just taken her hostage. And then I'm not sure that it was very clear they were going to find her either. She could have hidden. Uh, well, she did. They didn't see her behind the thing. Yeah, exactly. And then she's talking to Lash <laughs> like, you know what I should do in this moment that I'm not in that much danger. I should release a homicidal maniac <laughs> with who rips people's chests apart yeah. and tears their heart out or something. So like, I, I'm sounding super down on this episode right now, and I don't want to be because I did not hate this episode. Uh, but there Far were a few. It. There were a few really poor decisions made by our people here, <laughs> <laughs> and it really hurts Simmons' character to have made that decision and Coulson's character. Uh, it was just kind of dumb, kind of dumb things. But other than that... Well, I mean, Mac would not have been able to, to get everybody out with that unit if she had not let Lash go. That's true. That is true. But so, that, that's, that's, like, no. that's not a logic for doing the things she did, though. <laughs> no, not for doing the things that she did, but it's like as far as the story, like it's like a backwards justification out? for like, yeah. oh, I guess it works fine because it worked out, so it works, it's fine. But yeah. that's, that doesn't really work in the uh, real world here. <laughs> this is the real world we're talking about. Like, yeah, Jeffrey. we got out, but you still let out a homicidal maniac. Yeah, come on. literally just went through and killed twelve people. Come on, Simons, all at once. Come on, Simons. Um, so yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, let's see, what else, do, what else do we have this episode? I loved Mac's leadership for the most part. Oh yeah. Mac yeah. was really good. Um, Mac is a good leader. I like when they questioned him, because that's kind of, felt like that's what would have happened. Uh, they're all like, oh, but what if we do this instead? And he's like, did I sound like a question? That was an order. <laughs> I am the director, <laughs> and now May is the director, because I'm going to stay here and die. Because now we're we're at the we're losing directors the, at the rate of one per episode now. <laughs> uh, but then we got two back. That's true. Um, uh, well, I mean, like one and seven eighths. Ah, ah. Listen, would you say that's a full eighth though? I, mean, I don't know. I don't how know. much does I'm that not, arm weigh? I'm not doing the math, man. I'm just making okay. a making a casual observation that not I'm just all of making Coulson a math joke. Not gonna do the math. I'm just gonna make the joke. Yeah. Uh, so I want to look at a little bit of feedback. the The main thing that I'm looking at is Nathaniel Muzzy on Facebook saying Colson's hilarious line upon his wake yeah. up. Great. Line. I'll be damned, Tatooine. I'll be damned, <laughs> Tatooine. Oh, Colson. Uh, that's funny. You nerd, you. <laughs> He is such a nerd. And you know, I feel so bad for him because of that dream sequence right before that line. Yeah. <laughs> when he just wants to stay there with, with Roz, and then he wakes up next to a skeleton looking at him. Oh, uh, yeah, that was that was rough. The skeleton, I did not expect. Oh, yeah, what about the fact that there were this, this was once a planet with a thriving society? That is something we did not know. Yeah, there were, what did he say, there were nine, nine cities on it? Yeah. Oh, uh, one one thing I wanted to say about Lash killing all those Inhumans, while it sucks, the one the one benefit to it, and reason why Lash might have made the right decision, 
is uh, if this symbiote or whatever type it is had come back from the portal with with Ward and had somehow known all that power was there, all that all those Inhumans, they he might have uh, taken over one of them. Taken over one of them and had and had a and had an Inhuman god that had powers, and so that's a whole different deal. I really liked. Uh, all of the characters in this episode, uh, they were just, they've all kind of come into their own. Bobby and Hunter and May. Uh, I, I liked the new Secret Warriors, the new Baby Avengers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I liked I liked when they were all scared and they were like, is this just what it's like? And uh, May was like, uh, not me. I'm not scared. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Daisy right behind her. So, oh, well, that makes one of us. Okay, everyone but May. Everyone <laughs> but May is scared. And Lincoln taking it upon himself to just be like, I'm going to go ahead and take out all the power. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that was great. Um, I really liked the moment that, uh, oh gosh, can't remember his name. The melty metal guy. Joey. Joey. Sorry, I was thinking of every other name. I love the moment when Joey jumps in front of Daisy to save her. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> like, it, you legitimately think he might be uh, giving up his life for a second, but then he melts the bullets, and he's like, I'm bulletproof. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> Did you see that? I'm bulletproof. And he's, <laughs> he's got melted bullet on his chest. Awesome. It turns, turns real bullets into paintballs, basically. Yep. That was pretty awesome. And that was a really great scene as far as just, like, visual effects. The way that they did that was so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, you, you mentioned that, and it's, it's a testament to the visual effects that I didn't even think about, the fact that they were visual effects. I watched it, and I was like, yeah, that, that's awesome. Good job, Joey. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even register that, uh, that they're pulling one over on me, I guess. It's, like, it's just that good. And this 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 show, man. If this show doesn't get some sort of like award for visual effects or yeah. just something, like it's it really deserves something for visual effects and action sequences. It deserves something. It's a yeah for for, for a weekly television show. It's really a, it goes above and beyond. Well, I mean, it's got that Disney money. Dastro, <laughs> Dastrodo, and. You know, uh, Daisy mentioned that the guy was telekinetic, but we've only ever seen him handling metal things. Yeah, that is true. We we talked about that, but we I just don't know. I just don't know if that's. I guess given that's what she said, uh, we should just go with he's telekinetic. We we talked about that last week whether he was telekinetic or just could move metal. Would that be? Well, if it was magnetism, it would probably be ferrokinetic. If we're, yeah, I don't know, breaking down the Latin terms. Anyway, <laughs> Magnetoetic. Magnetoetic. He's that baby Magneto. Yeah, but we've already got one of those. Oh, see, that's the only reason I think it's probably telekinesis because we've already yeah. got someone dealing with metal. <laughs> probably not gonna yeah. do that twice. That's well, you never know. There could be a good version and a bad version. It's true. Could be. And Lash didn't get the bad version. Mirrors of each other. <laughs> we are two sides of the same coin, you and I. Well, we've got a lot of feedback about this week, so we might as well dig into that and uh, talk about it as we go. Um, Nathaniel Muzzy on Facebook says, Hmm, 
alien slug slash worm. Not ringing any immediate bells. Doubt it's a symbiote. And the control slugs from Planet Hulk weren't sentient. Also going to have to dig deeper or dig deep on the planet with nine cities. Mm. There is a, there's a good there's a good theory, theory on the internet that we're going to go yeah. with later, which we we can go ahead into. Uh, we just wanted to go ahead and finish the discussion of the episode before we really dig into this. But um, there's a number of people that brought up a theory uh, here in the feedback, um, and you you want to read one of those? Yeah, um, Brian Bilsma on. This is a um, speculation for the future, so possible spoiler alert, but it's all speculation, so who knows? <laughs> he says to us on Facebook, From what I've seen on Reddit, lots of people think that Ward slash It is Hive. Um, and then he posts the Wikipedia or the Marvel Wikia page. It says, Makes a lot of sense from that Wiki page, created to physically embody the Hydra ideal, parasites, sounds a lot like Beardy McTraderson now. <laughs> uh, Marco Margo also posted uh, this, and I, I thought this was more evidence for the Hive than anything. He says, the, the showrunners stated that they wanted to run with the Secret Warriors comic series, therefore I think that the thing has embodied Will I Ain't, as he calls him, and Ward <laughs> could be the MCU version of Hive, which was a villain in, secret, in the Secret Warriors, Warriors story. Uh, with the ability to create additional pods, that is, Hive has that in the comics, uh, I fear Coulson and Fitz may be under the influence of the Hive. And judging by that look Fitz and Coulson gave each other at the end of the episode, that could be the case. Very well could. I, um, I never read anything during Dark Reign, and that's when that character was created. Yeah. Um, I just I wasn't a fan of... Uh, Norman Osborn, just in general. That, and I was really poor at that time frame. <laughs> and I just yeah. never went back and read Dark Rain. So, I should probably go do that. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. You can do do some of those individual spoiler episodes that we keep talking about. But you never do. That I've never done. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's, uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it'll be phase two of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Right. I actually, this is totally off topic, and I would love to hear what you guys think. I've had a few people come come to me, and uh, we we could talk about this off cast, but um, we'll talk about it on cast just because. I had a few people come to me and ask me uh, if, or say that they think we should do uh, the a news episode and then a, a shield episode. Like two two per week instead of one per week, basically do the same amount of casting, just chop it up. So for ease of uh, clicking on, I guess, uh, if if you could say if you could say that, um, the only the only issue is is I don't know it's weird. Uh, if, so news becomes less timely if you wait, and as does Shield. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like to release them at the same time because we recorded them. Let's get them on the internet, but. Uh, if anybody has any thoughts on that, if anybody else feels that way, I've had a few people mention it to me that they would love them to be split up. And so if there's enough of people feeling that way, we might uh, try to work out something where we do that. Yeah. So. I mean, we could say that it would be like a This Week in Marvel News and then, you know, This Week's content. Yeah, exactly. But So, just a thought. I think this people Week are... in Marvel News is the title of the Marvel 
like official podcast. Well, yeah. Well, we wouldn't have to call it that. I know. Just, <laughs> it's the easiest thing to call it. No, you can call it anything we want. Uh, but our just MCU our news for the week. Just our our news episode for the week. Like uh, I don't yeah. know. Just a thought. I just love to hear. I wanted to mention it on the cast to see if anybody else out there had thoughts similar had thought similarly about it. So since we had enough, enough people mention it, that I felt like. If that's what the people want, we can make it happen. <laughs> but, if it is what the people want. But then which one do you put out the day? Which one do you put out a day late? The Shield episode or the news episode? You know, it's it's a it's an interesting question. Well, I think that... I don't know. Or is it that some people want shorter episodes so that they can do like one one day and one the next? Mm, I, I don't, I don't honestly know. It, just people talk about splitting them up. And so I don't know. There's, there's, a, I'm sure there's it a number might be of reasons. Some people just want it to like not spoil them on stuff. Yeah, like some people don't. Like, some people I just want the news. Some people want just the news, and some people want to go just into Shield. They're like, I want to hear your Shield feedback right now because I just watched that episode. You know, so, yeah. So it's, 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 it's something to think about. I just wanted to mention it so we get some feedback on it. Um, mm. All right. So I, I think that could be cool. Um, all right. So let's keep let's keep rolling with the Shield talk. Let's keep- Rolling. Brian Bilsma again on Facebook says, God damn, that was an awesome episode. <laughs> so now we've got Zombie Ward to deal with. I did get a bit of satisfaction in Coulson killing Ward, quote unquote. Uh, now in hindsight, it looks like it can only infect dead people. Maybe he shouldn't have killed Ward, but we get to see Ward killed twice. Hopefully. <laughs> Before the final scene with Zombie Ward, I seriously thought it infected Coulson. At least that isn't the case. My girlfriend and I have a theory that is going to end up or that it is going to end up being killed by Lash. Great episode. Can't wait for the rewatch podcasts and Agent Carter. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think someone else mentioned something about a showdown between it and Lash. Which... I wonder if Lash is going to be taken over by it. That would be scary. Ooh, yeah, that would be real scary. Um, and it would also... Yeah, I wonder if it, it can only uh, mess with dead people, too. That's a whole other question. Um... If it follows the hive, based on what I was reading, if it does follow the hive, then it has to be weak enough to be taken over. If it is a dead person or a dead body, then it's easier, obviously, to be taken over, but it heals the body in the process and kind of, like, reanimates it. But if it's weak enough to be taken over while alive, it can still do that. Yeah, we'll have to see, because we already know they're not going exactly off of the hive, so yeah, even yeah. if they're basing it on the hive, it's going to be something a little different. It, and it looks like in the comics, the hive looks like a like an octopus-like creature. This looks like an actual symbiote, uh, or some sort of parasite. Yeah. So. And I think the hive in the comics was supposed to be like a, a, a bundling of parasites. Okay, that um, looks like an octopus. How, looks like an octopus um, creature to me. Well, just if you read it, <laughs> I'm just messing. Anyway, um, kind of like how uh, what was his name? Oogie Boogie was in the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of gross creatures all together in one form. Right, kind of like a transformer. Yeah. Trying to think of other examples of that. I feel like that's that's been a thing in other content, but I can't think of any examples. Yeah, um, I think you're going to enjoy reading this next feedback. <laughs> oh, oh, I meant to say uh, in reference to that uh, that feedback and lash killing uh, uh, Zomboard. Uh, 
I think that's possible. I think it would make sense if those two storylines somehow converge and seeing as Lash is killing Inhumans and he is the ultimate Inhuman that Hydra is worshipping, it definitely seems to be leading them towards fighting each other. Uh, but wh- wh- how that will end, I'm just not sure. Man, I can't believe Lash got out again. Right? <laughs> God, Simmons. Damn it, Simmons. Like, Simmons should have let herself get captured rather than, like, allowing all of those men to, all of those inhumans to die. Like, that was a super selfish move. It really was. It's like, save me, save me. Whoever will save me. Uh, evil, evil homicidomaniac, go. I will release you. I will take that one. Just did not have to try that hard. And it's not like what's behind door number one. I feel like it would have been better if it had been a character who maybe didn't know how evil Lash was, but she saw him firsthand all throughout the season, what he's been doing. It's just, I just didn't, did not get. And the way that she mentioned like what he's done, you know, you, <laughs> if you've been naughty, like, like you have, like, Really? I don't know that being naughty really qualifies as that. I totally agree. I liked her saying naughty as like a joke if she's not going to let him out. Cause, <laughs> but her saying naughty and then letting him out acts like she really doesn't understand what he did. But she obviously has examined the dead bodies of people he's killed. And now she, I mean, all those, like whatever, however many inhumans that was, 8, 10, 12, uh, those are on Simmons' head. Like... <laughs> Yeah. She straight up killed those people. It's no good, Simmons. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Anyway, uh, moving on. Brian Keegan says to us on Facebook, Buy Odin's beer! There it is. <laughs> Fitz took down an ancient inhuman god with a flare gun. Am I the only one having flashbacks to Stargate SG-1 with a slug or maybe ooze coming out of Will's mouth? Yeah. I've been spending the better part of ten minutes trying to figure out what this alien is. I'm it's a gua alien. A gua Stop it. Sorry. SG-1. <laughs> Seeing that it doesn't appear to be inhuman, but more like an alien slug of some type. Maybe it's just something they cooked up for the TV show. I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. And then he posted a picture of Fry. <laughs> from Futurama. <laughs> from Futurama. With <laughs> a little sl- <laughs> octopus creature on its head. That's pretty uh, great. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, we. I, I don't know any comic book character like this. Um, Gua, the Gua'ul is pretty much the closest thing I, I know of. And the Hive... Seems like a really good theory, and it's it's grounded in a lot of uh, a lot of good facts. I will, I will say, I was wrong on the uh, the Inhuman King. Oh right, right, right. The uh, what was his name? The Unspoken. Yeah, yeah, that but my bad. That's okay. It's fun. It's fun to come out with theories of rampant speculation, and occasionally they're right, and that's always fun. <laughs> right before. <laughs> If you don't take bold chances, you can't have those bold moments where you're like, yeah, I called that two seasons early. What? <laughs> um, true. True. And those ones where we're really wrong uh, show people that it's not a spoiler when we talk about it. It's rampant speculation that you don't have to think you're spoiled because, yeah. Although this week's episode, our, our listeners are so smart. Uh, I feel like I knew a lot about this episode because our listeners are so smart. <laughs> you guys, you guys called it on the uh, Will not being Will. 
and then the ward becoming the thing and coming back, like all of that was called by our listeners uh, in previous episodes of this cast. So well done, everybody. And also, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> it's pretty great. Don't stop it. Don't listen to him. Don't stop believing. We'll go do our own spoilery casts. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just take everybody that wants to spoil stuff with me. <laughs> Having a split like a like a like a Baptist church. I don't know. <laughs> we'll go do the youth casts. Sorry, I grew up in grew up in Baptist church, and they have some little fight, and then like you know, half the church goes over and becomes Second Baptist Church, <laughs> and then there's First and Second Baptist churches because they disagree on. What now? Nobody knows? Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Good. Did good you guys stuff. have that division? Um, <laughs> oh. so Nathaniel Muzzy says to us on Facebook, I really hope the season doesn't end with Lash versus Alien Ward. Too obvious. I want S.H.I.E.L.D. to resolve the problems this year. I liked Mr. Hyde killing Jia Ying, but I don't want it two years in a row. Hmm. Yeah. Well, see, the the issue that I have with that is that it's not S.H.I.E.L.D. killing the one bad guy. That's two bad guys going at it. Yeah. So, like, if... I don't know. If if they go at it and then S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of, like, steps in and cleans up or, like, steps in and captures both and, you know, contains them... That I'd seems okay pretty S.H.I.E.L.D.-like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely see his point. You don't want your protagonist never to have an impact on the world. Uh, but, but I will say, uh, last season, uh, McDrippy hands killed Jaying and, uh, and it, it, while yes, that, that happened, it was Colson who convinced McDrippy hands to come back to the light side. Um, so, so Coulson still had a huge impact um, on the care on on Hyde as a character, and he showed showed him how to be a dad. Really, um, <laughs> uh, I just remembered that he's living off somewhere as a veterinarian or something, right? Yeah, that's that's nice. He is a veterinarian. I like to know that he's off living a life because he went through Tahiti. Yeah, that's great. Good stuff. So, um, moving on, Brian Bilsma says to us on Facebook, look at the Hydra logo. We have a skull, or a dead person, with tentacles coming out of it. Sure looks like our monster infecting someone who has died. It's all connected. Indeed. Indeed. That's a, that's a good call, Brian. It is. Um, it, there was one person in the um, Secret Warriors comic that I was reading about that got infected by the hive that was taken over by the hive that grew tentacles like prehensile tentacles off of the back of her head. I think it was Madame Hydra, if I oh, remember wow. reading correctly. So that matches up like almost perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that. It looks like a Hydra symbol, all right. Yep. yep. They're doing a lot playing with Hydra this season, and I. <laughs> Darn, we were talking about how we weren't that interested in them doing much with Hydra, and then they've done totally new and interesting stuff with Hydra since then. <laughs> so, that's cool. I like that. I'm glad that they can change my opinion of Hydra over the course of a few episodes like that. Yeah, It's absolutely. good writing. Yeah, they, tur- they really turned it around. Do we want to get into some of this uh, Twitter feedback? Sure, yeah, let's do it. 
All right. So we already mentioned um, Simmons saying that Lash had misbehaved. Yoda Hugh mentioned that. He said possible quote of the half season. <laughs> and uh, Yoda Hugh also says to his um, Mac boss in it, what a speech. He is one tall glass of chocolate milk. <laughs> I I agree, man. That's I agree. Those arms he is make, a tall glass of chocolate milk. <laughs> those arms make me feel safe. <laughs> you know, if he hadn't been Mac, I would have been all aboard him being Luke Cage. Right? Yeah. This, especially this week, he I don't know. Yeah, he looked he looked very Luke Cagey this week with the with that uh cut off arms and cut off sleeves and everything this week. I don't know. It looked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yoda Hugh uh, says to us last thing that we're going to say from Yoda Hugh is uh, I just wanted Simmons to kiss his face Fitz friend zoned again Ward is death now? Is it death? Uh, we don't know <laughs> Not sure <laughs> we, Probably we, Hive probably, Been wrong maybe. before um, And I don't, know that, I don't know that he's friend zoned It's just you don't come back and mac on her immediately after you find out her love is dead it's probably not the yeah. moment. Yeah, he needs to wait on his moment. <laughs> they did. They did kiss just a couple episodes ago. So, like, I think, I think we're still looking at a Fitz and Simmons relationship in the near future. Yeah, and like, it's not like you come back and be like, "Hey, by the way, your love is dead. Guess who did it? Me. I did that." Oh yeah, right. I mean, he. As far as he knows, it he killed the. Um, he killed the inhuman thing that took him over. Sure. But she might be like, really? You sure you didn't just unload a gun into his chest because you don't like him? <laughs> I, I, Simmons would never think that fits, especially the way he reacted. You know, you would think that Simmons is a really logical person, but she let Lash go. That's true. Simmons is a loose cannon, and she needs to be <laughs> shot. <laughs> Maybe. I changed my stance. Loose cannon! <laughs> Rainer in! Alright, I like Marco Margo's feedback here. Um, the reason why we haven't seen Fury's toolbox this season is that <laughs> the fingerprint to open was on Coulson's left hand. Aww. And that makes sense why they'd keep it on storage, too. I like it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. And he said, um... He said during the episode, Hydrocent sacrifices. I get it now. A symbiote needs a host. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like every 10, 15, 20 years, they got to send someone over because he has to kill the. He has to take it over and let it until that body is no longer good and then get another new one. It's definitely what it looks like. That's awesome. Um, it's really, really uh, dark and fun. Uh, although it's a little, again, it's a little um, reminiscent of last season with Zha Ying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Like, oh, that mirrors it too much. I don't like it anymore. It does mirror it a little bit. Yeah, but <clears throat> there's there's also that, par- or that, um, that contrast in that parallel is that the people that Zha Ying was taking, as far as she said like forced her to take their life. Yeah, as far as she said, until all the ones we saw her take. <laughs> the way that the way that it's presented is that And that village at the beginning when she first was like killed by uh 
you know the Kraken, the Kraken, the awful big progress requires experimentation guy. Whitehall. Whitehall. Um, like, mm. <laughs> she had people forced on her as far as, you know, take our life. And this guy had people sacrificed. Yeah. Well, unwillingly, if 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 she if she was telling the truth, but she she you know she a lie. She, she a lie. She a damn lie. <laughs> All right, Donald Martin on uh, Twitter says, "Long time no talk, but that look between Coulson and Fitz at the end was easily a top ten Agents of Shield all time moment." You know, a lot of moments in this show have been like top ten moments. I think. For me, one of the, my favorite moments from this last two episodes is uh, just Coulson diving through the portal. Yeah. Totally awesome. Absolutely. Totally awesome. But yeah, I, I don't I want... Yeah, there's so much that look could mean. I think I think it means... Let's not talk about killing her boyfriend. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think that at all. I don't think Fitz regrets that at all. I think Let's Fitz... Let's not talk about... Crushing yes. Ward's chest. I think Fitz looked up and saw the man he respects and mentors, and he's like, "Come on, we've got to get it away." Blah blah blah. And then he show he looks up and he's just crushing his chest, and he's like, "That's you've gone dark. You've gone very dark, Colson." And uh, you've crossed the line, sir. Yeah, I think I think I think Colson crossed the line for him in that moment, and. Uh, I'm not so certain, though, because Fitz wanted to kill Ward, too. Well, he wanted to kill Ward, but would he have done it in cold blood if, like, uh, if Ward was captured and, and it was not not a threat at the moment, would would Fitz have killed him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Maybe. Know. Well, we'll have to see how they debrief next next season. It's either that or they're both hive minds and they're, they're yeah. both <laughs> being controlled by a symbiote and they're looking at each other with, like, the knowing, like... Yes, we will take over this world. Yeah, but then you get like a secret invasion kind of storyline. Yeah, I just could be awesome. It could be neat. Yeah, or a uh, <laughs> a uh, founders spread throughout the Federation. Anybody? Dominion War, DS Nine. You're all missing out. So Donald Martin says to us on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. He follows up that last one saying, Also, good call on both Will being Maveth and Ward coming back as Maveth as well. It was a little telegraphed, but still enjoyable. Yeah. I, again, I don't think I would have called those things at all if it weren't for our <laughs> listeners. Uh, <laughs> those, are, those are things that I, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely thought Will was still alive. I even said it. I was like, no, Will's fine. <laughs> nope. Ward died getting Gemma out. I just I do think it's kind of a Not wasted. Ward. Sorry. Oh Will. right, right. I do think it's kind of a wasted, uh, wasted character. They built such a cool character in that episode, and now he's gone. He's just gone, and we didn't even yeah, really well. get to get a chance to see him die valiantly because Simmons got away. You know. Yeah. We were following Simmons, and she never saw it happen. Do you notice the um, the the reuse of the phrase? From Gideon, or from, yeah, from Malak at the end. The reuse of the phrase, I'll be damned. Uh, no. You didn't notice that? Well, because, like, um, 
Oh, is that, said, I'll be damned, Tatooine. And then when Gideon sees Ward standing in the way, he says, I'll be damned. Oh, neat. I thought, it's probably not like an on-purpose parallel, but I thought it was kind of funny that like the heads of these two organizations are just like, I'll be damned. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Man, I just think it's crazy that uh, Malik lost in this episode a lot. And nothing he did worked, uh, but still, I still Ma feel Veth, like he won a lot. Yeah, Maveth, the the goal of his life has returned, and that's a uh, that's pretty intense. Pretty <laughs> intense. Uh, so I'm I'm interested to see what 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 their plans are because I guess now he's planning to really try to take over the world like Hydra style. Well, he's got to start Whoop over on Hydra his style. Inhumans. Hey, hey. Uh, sorry. Don't do that. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sexy Grant Ward. <laughs> All right. Sorry. 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 Right. I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think when I start making up Gungam style parodies, I think the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's been fun this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening this week. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We'll be back next week with our Jessica Jones wrap-up cast. We've, if you watch Jessica Jones, uh, there are thirteen Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast episodes for you to check out. But uh, if you want our final review, and we're gonna have the guys from DC on screen and possibly some other giant-sized team-up hosts join us. Uh, for that episode, and we're going to just do some last final discussions about what we thought of Jessica Jones next week. So, we'll be back. Until next time, true believers. <laughs>